0: Send us a voice note at speakpipe.com slash hormonal, and we'll get it answered on the show.
1: You are listening to the Girls Gone Gravel podcast, a podcast for women who are chasing epic and everyday adventures on their bikes. We are a production of Live Feisty Media and hosted by Christy Moan and Catherine Taylor. Hey friends, Katherine here, and I want to invite you to join our Girls Gone Gravel Adventures team. Whether you're preparing for your first big bike trip, lining up at a starting line, or just learning to clip in for the first time, it's more fun with a community to cheer you on. This team is a non-competitive team focused on creating a supportive space for cyclists of all levels. We want to make it easy to find the resources you need. So here's what you're going to get. You're going to get a place to connect with like-minded cyclists, you're gonna get opportunities to learn from experts like Kristen Legan, Scotty Lachuga, Laura de Cresenzo, and more. And you're gonna get discounts and early access to events and other fun things. So I hope you'll join us. Just check it out at girlsgongravel.com backslash team. That's girlsgongravel.com backslash team. Hope to see you there.
2: Good morning, Kristen. Oh, it is morning. <laughs> this
1: is the first I'm still in bed
2: and I'm in my robe. <laughs>
1: <So>. <laughs> oh, it's actually, it's not that. I mean, it's 6 45 AM. Yeah. Here, it's not so too I, was, bad. I was just um, working on our newsletter to go out for my company. And you were like, can you go ahead and record? Cause you're headed to the rad today.
2: Yes. Headed to the rad. Yeah. Coming off women's camp headed to the rad. So
1: Oh my gosh. Back to back events. I know. Superstar. It's going be good. That's really fun. I'm headed to Canada this weekend, which I've traveled all over the world. Like and at one point I used to take groups of people like to Thailand or Italy or Mexico. And this has been my most challenging travel experience getting into Canada. Is it COVID? Yeah, because of the timing of when you have to have a COVID test to enter the country and the uh-huh. fact that it's hard to find tests for travel. Um, and I should have not gone on a Sunday. So anyway, and then even though the borders are open, like, and there's a ferry that goes from here, I can't get back on the ferry that goes from Seattle. So I have to drive to Canada across the border and then take a ferry right across the border over. So anyway, <laughs> I
2: didn't even understand that.
1: (laughs) It's my first time going to Canada though. So that'll be fun. Yeah. I'm going uh, for a couple of days to Victoria for, uh, to work with Sarah, the CEO of Feisty.
2: Nice. going to work
1: on some projects. So, so um,
2: how was your, um, menopause
1: summit? Oh my gosh. It was so good. Yay. It was really good. Yeah. I mean, Celine knocked it out of the park. Of of course. Every, you know, we do these virtual summits and you're like, there's going to be a speaker that's a dud, right? Because we've all been to conferences and there's always a speaker that's a dud. We've done two of these conferences and there are no duds. That's awesome. They're all just so good. Um, And I haven't, because I was doing a lot of the behind the scenes, I haven't even watched all the sessions. So... I want to go back and watch all the sessions because I mean, they were just so good.
2: And people, we, we can still access the sessions. So if you miss yeah, it, we're selling, not, yeah. If, if really. you were
1: signed up, you can watch it or we're selling the replays and, you know, people think menopause and they're like, Oh, that's old, but it's really, I mean, for some people it's like, it's starting in their thirties perimenopause, but yeah, like women 40 plus all this information is good. The other thing that was so cool is like, we had, two national champ, like a national track champion a national road champion we had rebecca Rush. we had all these like badass women that are just crushing it mm-hmm. in the 50s and just like seeing them and how they're like i will like kind of like you they're like i will not slow down like i'm gonna crush these things and like hit these big goals and hit prs and all this stuff and yeah. my age doesn't matter so anyway it was cool good. And you had my little buddies out in them.
2: Yeah. They, they came up to Emporia. We had Libby and Saskia and Karen here for women's camp. And then some, you know, some other great ladies here for a weekend of camaraderie and great food and good writing and lessons and talking and chatting. And it just was fun. So,
1: yeah, I, I was really feeling some FOMO from all the fun they were having outdoors. I'm just uh, having a lot of fun indoors. It was but.
2: ridiculous weather. Um, Yeah, it was super fun. Libby and and Karen and Saskia did the longer ride on Friday, and even though I scouted the route two weeks ago, there was a bridge that was out when they <laughs> went out there. <laughs> and of course, I get you know a picture from uh, Mason was out uh, helping with the the coverage, and was riding with that bigger group, a sweep and. He sends me a picture of the bridge out and I was like, I checked that, but the, those, we, we should have them on to talk about their camp experience because it was hilarious.
1: Like what happened? At oh my that gosh. Bridge. They would be so fun to have the three of them on. Yeah. They would be to a blast. talk about it. Cause they're all on this team. Sorella out of Atlanta that I was on, which is like it won the USA cycling club of the year, not last year, but the year before. Anyway, it's like this really amazing women's club. That's re- pretty big out of Atlanta. Um, And it's really fun because there's so many women that have been in cycling for a long time there that are just like, I don't care. Like they're not stressed by what kind of outside performance things people put on them. They just love cycling. Yeah. You know, they,
2: they, they came to share. It was just great having them because their energy was so good. It was a really great group of women period. So, which makes it 10 times easier to do the camp because it's just. It's everybody just went with the flow. We were getting ready to head up to um, Bleeding Kansas on Saturday morning for the, the gravel duro up there. And uh, right before we were getting ready to load the van, we figured out that the keys had been locked in the front seat of the van. (laughs) But it wasn't even, we didn't even miss a beat. Everybody just stepped in to help out and we got everybody up to Manhattan and had a great, had a great, day up there the weather i mean i literally could not have phoned it phoned it in and had it be, be any better so um you know the only caution is is to those women is like uh, just be aware it might not be like this on uh, unbound weekend <laughs> so, yeah. but oh, and, and the, yeah the winds were howling on friday when we rode but um it was it was just a great weekend so i'm so i'm i'm gonna have to watch the, some of the the menopause summit. I'm hoping it's up. How late is it up until how long you guys leave? December 31st. Oh, good. Okay,
1: good. Yeah, I was like literally thinking
2: it probably won't be until November or December before I have,
1: you know what? There's a little Kajabi app. And if you, you can watch it like in the car on the Kajabi app while you're driving.
2: Well, Tim's driving and I'm passaging.
1: (laughs) You can watch it while Tim's driving and you're passaging. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Um, and are you, your race, are you racing this weekend?
2: Yeah, I'm going to do the hundred on Saturday debating whether or not I run Sunday or not. I'm kind of, I'm tired. So I'm just really listening to, you know, like that over, over eagerness that used to kind of hound me. I'm bringing, bringing that back in check, like putting on women's camp this last weekend, you know, I got to ride with the women, which was amazing. Um, but there's all the stuff that goes on just organ, you know, what it's like, it's, it's a lot, yeah. and it's it's amazing to do. I'm not complaining at all. It's just that it does it does take something out of of you. And trying to really recognize that from listening to all these rad women talk about it, I'm starting to learn. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, I am not a superwoman. I'm human, and and it's I've been, I wrote yesterday. I'm going to try to sneak in a quick ride before we leave today. But um, I'm just going to see how I feel. And go with it.
1: Yeah, that's smart. Yep. Well, it'll be fun. I know Lauren is racing. Mm -hmm. Any other big big women? Um, women I honestly haven't looked at the start
2: list for this one. Um, You know, I've kind of been looking more at Big Sugar a little bit. This one's kind of a secondary. uh, You know,
1: yeah, new race. Well, Big Sugar technically is too, but you've had (laughs) two years to prep for it. (laughs) Uh. Anyway. So yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be rad. Appropriately named. I'm a little. I'm feeling like I didn't plan any fall adventures because of like the move and not knowing what, well, I was supposed to be in Hawaii. Right. We were going to go to Kona, our whole team and that got canceled. So, and we were going to be there almost all of October. So yeah, yeah, now I'm like, "Hmm, what do I want to do with my month? You can come. If anybody has ideas, (laughs) send them my way. I mean, Actually Robbins is going to join weekend. us now at Big
2: Sugar, so I'm excited about
1: that. Oh, that's exciting! Yeah, very exciting. Yep. Um. Well, you're going to have such a fun weekend. I can't wait to catch up on it next week. Yep. When it, and we're back hopefully I'll that. make it to Canada.
2: <laughs> you might have a story there.
1: <laughs> I'm hundred percent sure I will. <laughs> <laughs> So, so I've also guess. never driven. Uh, oh, sorry. I was just. I've also just never driven across a border before. I'm like, do you just drive across? Like,
2: yeah. do you just? I think so. I mean, they they stop you. I know that. <laughs> but anyway, you know what, Catherine? Just go for it. Roll straight through. <laughs> See what happens. <laughs> Next week's podcast will be from jail. A yeah. Canadian jail. <laughs> Canadian jail. Where I bet you they serve you tea and like are super sweet. <laughs>
1: so. They probably are. They tell you they're sorry when they put you in your cell. Sorry, but not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But to this week's podcast guest. Um yeah, we talked with uh Jill Mazier. And she was really fun. She was from she's from Diamondback Bikes. Yes. And they're doing something really cool that we're excited to share with everybody. Yep. It's going to be awesome. So we'll make and you listen to the podcast here. There you go. And
2: she does talk about, she just had come off of RPI when we talked with her. So she talks about Rebecca's Private Idaho and gives her highlights and intake from that event as well. So
1: it's worth a listen. That yeah, really made me want to go to RPI next year. All right. We'll, we'll get on to our interview with Jill Mazir.
2: Hey friends, we don't want chafing to keep you on the sideline from riding your bike. So
1: we're bringing you some good news about chamois Butter. Chamois Butter has come on as one of the sponsors of the Girls From Gravel podcast. They've been making chamois cream for over 30 years and they've got tons of five-star reviews. So if you have ever been to your bike shop, you've probably seen that iconic purple and yellow tube. There are several different versions, including the original, pH neutral, her tingly Euro style, which I'm very intrigued by (laughs) and coconut with certified organic ingredients. They've got a special for our girls gone gravel listeners. You can head over
2: to shammybutter.com and you get free shipping on any orders of two tubes or more. They also have really fun limited edition merch, which I've got their cool chamois butter sweatshirt. These things I wear this sweatshirt all the time it's one of my favorites to wear it's very soft and very warm
1: i could say if you get any of their shami better gear you will definitely stand out in a crowd when we were at uh, an event a couple of years ago a guy had a shami better kit on and everybody knew who he was like everybody was cheering for him so if you want to stand out go over get your two tubes of shami better get your free shipping and then find some cool swag and merch yep i think that sounds like a great idea Christy, we have a new sponsor on the podcast. What? Joe J bars has come on as one of our sponsors. Shut up. Joe J. bars are the best. I know we both got to try them after the founder of, of Joe J. bars. Jess Sarah came on the podcast and she sent us a sample box. Which uh, one was your favorite? Uh, my favorite was
2: lemon blueberry quinoa, which I was not expecting. How about yeah. you?
1: Uh, mine was the pancakes and bacon, which tastes just like pancakes and bacon. It tastes just like pancakes and bacon. And it's great. It's great to use on the bike or if I'm running late or trying to get out the door for a ride, which usually I'm running late and trying to get out the door. Uh, (laughs) I just grab it and have breakfast on the way.
2: Yep. They taste good. And you know, they're good for you too. Jess is a chef and an athlete, and she's not putting anything in her bars that she wouldn't put in her own body.
1: Yeah. So they're all gluten-free. They don't use any artificial flavors or protein powders. It's all uh, formulated just for you for training or riding or just any adventure that you've got going on. And knowing Jess, I bet she sent you a code. She did. So <laughs> listeners of the podcast can, can go to jojbars.com and use the coupon code GravelLove15. That's all lowercase GravelLove15 for 15% off all your orders. Nice. I'm going to get some before we Go on our next gravel trip. Agreed. Hey, Christy. Hey, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm sitting in my what, new place. What's on your hat? What What's on your it's hat? Spike ball. To... Sp- Do you know what spike oh. ball is? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It's this crazy thing with a net. Anyway, we could talk about Spikeball later. We we met the people from Spikeball in an event. Um, I'm excited because okay. we are recording with one of my neighbors today that I've never met. Really? <laughs> well, because I'm new to the area. But well, I know that, but I
2: didn't know where Jill was from. Hi, Jill. <laughs> yeah.
1: Hi. Yeah i'm I am
3: Catherine's neighbor to the north in Seattle, but I'm originally from Chicago. So if you if you hear a flat a. Anywhere in my words, it's because of that. <laughs> yeah,
1: not my neighbor in Chicago. Yeah, <laughs> but you, your all's office, is it, cause so you work with Diamond Bikes. Back back. Mm-hmm. Diamondback. Diamondback Bikes. bikes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and you all, your office is uh, in Kent. Is
3: that yeah, right? so the office is actually closer to you. Um, So it's in Kent, which is kind of like near the airport in Seattle, if people don't know where Kent is. And then I'm, at home right now we're still kind of working from home so I'm on the north side of Seattle
1: nice are you close to um oh what's the cool little city up there that everybody bikes everybody rides bikes
3: everyone goes to Bellingham yes that is still um probably still like an hour hour and a half away from me um okay. but if you have not been to Bellingham yet it's amazing
1: I have it. it's on the list I've been it's fun you know like going on these gravel trips and stuff and moving
3: (laughs) there's there's so much to do that it can be we've lived here five years and I still feel like we haven't seen all the cool places there is to see here which is really the beauty of living here
1: (laughs) yeah and you have to like do all like everybody's like oh you got to do the mountain stuff before the snow comes because it won't be long until you can't get like up to the passes anymore
3: yeah, you know, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you a story of how my husband and I learned this the hard way. So there's a, a rail trail system here here called the Iron Horse Trail and it connects to a lot of stuff. So it's like a main thoroughfare of gravel. And last year in the fall, we decided to just like bike up as far as we felt like it. And everyone who's lived here a long time knows that it, go, it goes like up to where there is snow. Like you can eventually hit a snow line. And we were not prepared clothing wise for that. So we were in like our bike shorts and I think I maybe had arm warmers on and we saw snow. And so we decided to turn around and go home, but it was so cold that hail and snow and rain hit us the entire hour and a half it took us to go home. So by the time we got back to the car, I was shaking. So. Lesson learned: Pack everything you own if you're going on a gravel trip up in the mountains.
1: <laughs> Mountain riding, yeah. <laughs> I actually did that trail, and I got to the tunnel, and they were like, "Oh, it's really cold in the tunnel." Yes, and I if didn't have anything.
3: If you're going in the tunnel, you definitely need lights and another jacket. Like I don't even touch the tunnel unless I have a jacket with me. So it can be. See, when you
1: come out here, we can all ride that. It's a beautiful. I wanna, yeah, I I want to ride the tunnel. So it's so yeah
3: nice. It's, yeah, you yeah. get it's, to see a little bit of everything.
1: It's, it's a two and a half mile tunnel. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. So, but they were like, it's really cold in there. <laughs> I was like,
3: Peace out. Yeah. I think they say on average, it drops like 20 degrees or something in there. Yeah. But is that, it,
2: is the tunnel. It's not open to the, open to cars, right?
3: It's nope. Just bikes. Just bikes. Oh, that's yeah. why it's so awesome, but you definitely have to be prepared for it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's this like gorgeous trail that it's all gravel. And it goes just, that's the one where I did, that. it's like a one to 2% grade mm. up the whole time out. <laughs> so Jill, you will laugh because I hadn't been riding that much. And I got by and I did like the 18 miles out and then 18 back, obviously. And I was like, oh, this isn't actually bad at all. And I got <laughs> back to my brother's where I was staying at the time and my legs would barely work because I had a headwind coming back. So anyway, I was just like, oh, I haven't done like just, Sustained climb, like not as big climbing, but you know, for a long time. <laughs> yeah.
3: Oh no, it's it's super light, but to the point that you kind of just think you're moving slow. You know, <laughs> like you you don't you don't really think it's a climb. You just think that you're tired. <laughs> it's a mind game.
1: It's a little bit <laughs> of a false flat.
3: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: nice. yeah.
2: We have one of those up to Road D Hill here, <clears throat> which is kind of one of the the bigger climbs when you first get out of town Mm -hmm. it's usually on the unbound course and or when we go south and it's like a it's a false flat you think why am i going so slow and it's just this little climb
3: that was that was the underlying story of my rebecca's private idaho experience too (laughs) it was like why well, are we the, all moving in slow motion?
2: <laughs> the, the Trail Creek Summit climb is legit. That climb right out of the gate is.
3: Well, you know, it's funny. So I made the mistake of examining the Garmin profile to see how hard Rebecca's would be. So everyone knows Trail Creek. So, you know, I was prepared for the first 10 miles to be a 7% grade. And then you think, oh, it's flat or rolling the rest of the way, easy. But what a Garmin profile does not show you is headwind. And so there's a lot of false flat at Rebecca's, which I just didn't think about and headwind. So um, things that you think are only going to take you an hour, take you like an hour and a half <laughs> and you can't figure out why.
1: Yeah. Y'all aren't familiar with that at all in Kansas. Are you, Christine? <laughs> That's our mountain.
3: Yeah. <laughs> well, oh God, I mean, right? it's funny. My We were joking about it because there's not really a good way to train for a headwind here. We were like, we were almost better off being back home in the Midwest if we were going to train for a headwind, but yep.
1: What can you do? Yeah. yeah. I did actually did Ironman Arizona years ago mm. and it's a pretty flat course, but the winds can be really bad there. And so our coaches took us up to the North Georgia mountains multiple times because they were like, this is the best training is like, just lots of long, slow, sustained climbs. Yeah. All that strength.
3: Oh man. It's, it's tough. And, and for me, I'm like a, I'm like a middle pack rider. So, you know, everybody who is ahead of me, they're in like, you know, these 40 person freight train Pelotons. And then I was riding with a really good group, like in the middle of the course. And then at one point in that course, the people going 56 miles go left and those going hundred go right. And I did not look to see the distance of the people in the group I was riding with. So they all went left and I went right. And I realized I was all by myself to deal with the false flat and headwinds, which was a mistake.
1: You should have just done the hundred at that point.
3: I did. Well, so what ended up, what ended up happening was, so I I was signed up for the 100 and there's only one um, time cutoff. And it's at mile 43 so it's like after the two routes separate you have like 11 miles into this void into copper basin and you either make the time cut off and you do copper basin as a it's a loop and then you go home or you don't make the time cut off and they just turn you around so if you don't make the time cut off you still do 78 miles and i miss the time cut off by like five minutes maybe less oh. um, which to be honest I was totally okay with. (laughs) It's, I mean, honestly, I was so grateful to even just cross a starting line for the first time in two years. And it, it really is a mentally tough course that like, I was just so psyched to be there that we were, everyone who was there who got cut off at the time cut off was totally like, that's totally fine. We're okay with it. And Rebecca herself is the one that stands at the Copper Basin station to turn you around, which is like pretty cool. You know, like there aren't many races where the race director slash someone who is moderately famous is the one turning you around. So it was pretty awesome. And so, you know, we still had like 40 miles to get back home, which is tough. But the funniest part about the whole experience is, um, you know, I cross the finish line and I go to the timing official and I said you know I just want to let you know I'm a DNF you know please remove my time you know I did not get 30th place and the timing official said did you um, make it to Copper Basin and I said yeah but I didn't make the time cut off please mark me as a DNF and he says no no you're not a DNF and I'm like arguing with him about how I was and he goes no, he goes, so many people missed the timing cutoff that Rebecca decided to make a new category for all of you guys that did 78 miles. So you're in the hash brown category now. It's like in the middle of the race, she made a new category to accommodate all the riders, which just like shows what a boss Rebecca Rush really is. <laughs> He's just well, like I going to change the rules.
2: <laughs> now you now you have to go back cuz you just have to go back and see Copper Basin. That loop is really gorgeous back there too. I so. know.
3: That's so. what everybody says. Go. I would happily have an excuse to go back. It was such an awesome experience there.
2: Nice. And that was your first official gravel mm-hmm. event.
3: Yeah, so I I've done lots of endurance events, you know, Ironman, half Ironman, ultra runs and so this was my first gravel race and it was I don't know if it's because we were all so psyched to be there after COVID or if it, you know, it probably is the latter, which is like Rebecca, if I don't know if either of you have like been in the presence of Rebecca Rush, but she is like one of the most awesome humans I've ever been around, like truly has the most positive energy, especially considering she does all the riding every day. You know, she's the race director it's the Be Good Foundation's biggest fundraising weekend. She's just like so positive and she puts so much work into this event being as inclusive as possible that it's like a really exciting feeling to, like you feel like you really are being a part of something big, which is really cool. You know, she she has, you know, obviously men's and women's categories, but she had a um, Para cycling category, she had a you know, fem trans women non binary category, which had a full podium, you know, it wasn't like one or two people I mean it was a full podium of participants. Um, she had a tandem category. She had a duo category. So like if you wanted to work together as a team, which you know has kind of been like a debate in the gravel racing world right now. Rebecca decided, you know, if you want to work together as a team, that's totally okay. Here's your category. You know, she just made her own rules to make sure everyone could be included, which is awesome.
1: Yeah. I I talked to a a friend, Janelle, and she said that she was there and she was like, "Yeah, yeah, it was a little smoky. But the thing is like, it's such a party that it makes the whole weekend like really fantastic no matter what the weather
3: yeah. It, it did remind me of like, if you go to an Ironman event where they try to make a whole weekend out of it. So it's not just the race and between us, part of me, like that was a little bit of why I wasn't that sad that I got turned around at the Copper Basin cutoff. I was kind of like, you know, there's a really great party waiting for us at the end. And that just gives me another hour to have a beer
1: and listen to some music. It's totally fine. <laughs> I love it well um that's so fun that you got to do your first race and but you have been working in this industry for a few years right with diamondback bikes and I want to hear it like how did you get into that and what's it like you know we we've, we've talked about having women in the industry on um we've had a few on but just like yeah tell us give us the scoop what's it like being a woman in this industry that tends to be pretty male-dominated
3: <laughs> yeah Um, so I'll say I'm kind of used to it. Um, even before I was at Diamondback, I actually, um, worked like one of my first jobs out of college, I actually was a media planner at an ad agency and worked on the Miller Coors account. So I was like, you know, in the beer industry for a while. So that was kind of like my, my first foray into male dominated industries. Um, and then I actually worked for team and training. So I was like, so excited that like, so many of us have team and training connections. I was the um, I was a fundraiser, and then I was a mentor, and then I actually worked for the Illinois chapter managing their triathlon and cycle programs. So um, had a few years working on the professional side of nonprofit life and endurance training, and um, then worked for the North Face. And here in Seattle, I worked at K2, and now I'm at, I've been at Diamondback for about. Uh, three and a half years. Um, so, you know, I've always loved the outdoor industry. I've always been, you know, super passionate about it. And just, you know, I think team and training really lit a fire under you to like make, get as many people to enjoy being active outside as possible, you know, team and training for those who don't know, it's a fundraising program for leukemia and lymphoma society, but you train people for endurance events. And so, getting to see people participate in their first endurance event, or just to maybe have their first experiences being active outside is, is really exciting. And it's really exciting to be able to facilitate that. And it really does change people's lives. You know, team, team's always a great example. You know, a lot of people who do team and training go on to do even more events, which is really exciting. So I've always, I've always loved that, but yeah, I mean, Diamondback is is really fun. So um, when I came on, Diamondback is actually owned by a larger company, and now we're called Alta Cycling, but we've had, you know, different different names in the past. So when I came on, um, I worked on Raleigh Bikes, and we had Diamondback, and we had um, e-bike brands, Bike, and iZip, and Redline, which is a BMX brand. So when I came on, we had tons and tons of brands, um, and... It, that was really exciting and now we have new ownership and so things have kind of been narrowing down and focusing a lot and so Diamondback you know really is a focus brand for us which is really exciting and you know I think what's been interesting for Diamondback is they've gone through a few iterations of like product and therefore the consumer that they're speaking to um, they've had like performance triathlon bikes you know that's how Rach McBride got involved with Diamondback, and you know. Performance Road, and we used to sponsor the Rally Cycling Team. And a lot of people have known Diamondback as being a mountain bike brand as well. So, we've really, for the last few years, been focusing a lot in like, I call it like the dirt area, so mountain and gravel. And, um, you know, I think a lot of people don't like still think of gravel as like very new to Diamondback. We've actually had gravel bikes for quite a bit of time, but. I think it's really exciting to be in the industry right now as far as inclusivity and how gravel has this opportunity to kind of, I think, move past some of these stereotypes of traditional road cycling or even mountain biking. You know, I think road struggles to be inclusive because there's this history of rich white men who rode road bikes Um, you know there's also been like a challenging history with road racing and um you know and I think mountain can be challenging for a lot of people from an inclusivity standpoint because like not everybody has access to the geographic needs that you need for mountain biking and you know let alone the financial piece of it and all of that so I'm really excited to be with Diamondback right now and with where gravel is going I think gravel is like this really cool, sweet spot where like traditional roadies would really enjoy gravel because it's still a drop bar bike. And those who've done mountain bike in the past could really love gravel because you're still up in the mountains. And it's, it's just so much more versatile. You know, you can ride gravel bikes just about anywhere, which is really exciting. And, you know, especially this year with gravel racing happening, you know, the, the races are finally on. I've been so energized by what's been going on in the racing scene and like what lifetime is doing and what Rebecca has been doing with, you know, they're not under the thumb of some governing category, governing body that's telling them what categories they have to make. And I think it's cool that like, we're here in this point where we can, I really feel like make a change in how we include people in riding bikes. And I think gravel is like the place to have that opportunity. I think it's going to be like this universal unifier for us, which is exciting.
2: Couldn't agree more.
3: <laughs> Preaching with the choir, right?
2: Yeah, it's like coming to a start line near near you. More yeah. inclusivity.
3: <laughs> all the people coming to a start line all near you, people. ideally.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's fun to be part of this moment. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. The, really getting to see a lot of this come into fruition for sure so
3: yeah and I I appreciate all the really hard work that the race directors and the existing athletes and even you know nonprofits or fellow brands are putting into like making everyone feel like they're welcome in this space you know like I see you know what our competitors are doing you know we're trying to work really hard on it I see what you know, athletes like Abby or Rach are doing, and you know, I think it's a honestly, I think it's a really exciting time to be going bigger in gravel, and I'm I'm so glad that that this category is growing, so that way we all can support it more.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, one of the things you said that I like too is because I didn't see this as much in Georgia, but now being out here in the Pacific Northwest. I do see people just riding their gravel bikes everywhere. Like it used like in Georgia, it was like, you had your row bike and you had your gravel bike, but here I would say probably over half the bikes I see on the road are gravel bikes
3: mm-hmm. Yeah, too. Yes. Like
1: people are just like more versatile. It's probably like that in Kansas too. Well, you only have gravel roads really in Kansas once you go so far, right?
2: <laughs> yeah. We have so much gravel. I mean, that's, that's why we ride it because that's what's here, but yeah.
3: Yeah. I mean, we definitely get people asking like, oh, can I swap it for, you know, a smoother tire or people get a second set of wheels or people just, in fact, my husband has a Honjo 7C and, uh, which is a diamondback gravel bike. And he actually did the relay at the Victoria half Ironman a few years ago on that bike. He just, he had had knee surgery. He just liked the bike more. He felt like it was more sturdy and easily handled for him. And So you did a half Ironman relay on it. You know,
1: there's no rules. (laughs) I love it. I I just moved and I have, I realized four bikes in a tiny apartment. (laughs) I was like, I'm getting rid of my TT bike. And then my friend was like, why don't you sign up? I really wanted you to sign up for either Ironman, Maple Grove or Oregon with me. And I was like, only if you store my bike. But now I'm like, maybe I'll just get rid of it and do it on my gravel.
3: (laughs) People do it. I mean, at this point with like the way races have been going right now, my my TT bike is my trainer bike. It's just been sitting on the trainer for two years at this point. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't care about my place anymore. Yeah. Yeah, Like once upon a time when I was trying to like place in a certain top 10 or something, I cared, but now I don't.
3: I mean, that's, that's the other beauty of gravel right. right? It's like, you kind of lose track of caring because you're in a place that's probably so beautiful that you know, if you're out there a little bit longer, you're just getting more bang for your buck on your race entry.
2: Yeah. Well, and that's like I like going to these different events because you realize that like the event directors are passionate about the place that they're putting the event on. So you you get to see what they consider the the cream of the crop for their roads. You know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: That's definitely the vibe I got at Rebecca's. I mean, that is like the history of Rebecca's private Idaho was. You know, basically, she made the event because so many people were asking her, "Oh, where are the best places to ride?" And uh, I mean, it is. And I and I didn't do the stage race. You know, I just did the the baked potato, which was a hundred the one hundred miler. But I'm sure the people who did the stage race probably got just an amazing experience too. It's it's pretty cool. And you know, cool that the Forest Service lets us use those gravel roads, and you know that she can get those permits to make it happen, and that. She has volunteers who are willing to be out there all day in the middle of nowhere to support us. So I I agree. I think you know logistically, I know it's so much work, and we're all just so grateful to those race directors that can put on those events.
1: Yeah, yeah, they are definitely a ton of work. It's fun to like be supported you know, to and ride in a new place, right? Where you're like, there's an aid station. If I get lost, eventually somebody's going to come find me. <laughs>
3: Well, I mean, it was great because um, um, the whole way on the trek back home during Rebecca's, you know, like we all thought we had DNF'd. So we're all like taking our sweet time. And at the last aid station at Trail Creek, I was like, I was like talking to the volunteers for, you know, probably 10 minutes because I thought I had DNF'd anyway. And I was just like talking each one, getting their life story in a bag of chips.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. It was fun. Do do you feel like you have more gravel events in your future now that you've got one under your belt?
3: Yeah. I mean, it's pretty hard to stop at one, but I feel like the challenge is I would love to go back to Rebecca's. It was such an awesome experience, but I know there's so many other amazing gravel events with amazing things to see. So now I'm, now I'm like emotionally torn about going back to Rebecca's or trying something different. We'll see.
1: Well, you just need to get Diamondback to start sponsoring them and then you end up going. And then, then i have to work i wouldn't get to say and then you have to that's work that's true and then, then all that's of a true. sudden it's yeah. a lot of fun <laughs> you, they should send you as an ambassador
3: oh there you
1: go <laughs> so you're really just there to meet people and ride we've got your plan your career plan i, I will say no because i learned this when christy had to drive home for like 20 some hours and then i drove back from the last best ride and it was only eight and a half hours highly recommend it's because it's drivable from here. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah I mean, the last best ride was. I mean, I've done Rebecca so many times, and I think that, um, you know the the last best ride was just phenomenal. Like beautiful course. Yeah, I mean, is gorgeous. So
3: it's definitely on my consideration list. It looked it looked pretty awesome. I'm not gonna lie.
1: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you so you work with um, one of our former podcast guests, Rachel McBride. Um, when do you think Rachel is going to be finished with this Ironman stuff and come fully over to gravel?
3: <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's, it's man. For us. Every year we talk about Rachel's schedule. Well, first off, I mean, poor Rach has been has qualified for the Ironman World Championships I know. for the last three years. <laughs> and it keeps for those who don't follow what's going on in triathlon, they move. Kona, all the time. So it was moved to February, and then to October, and now it's been moved to February again. So you know, I think that like I'm sure Rach still has this bug of like I am still qualified. I'm going to continue doing this. And you know, they just did Challenge Roth, and so like they're still they're still in it with triathlon, and they still have goals, which is awesome. But every year that I talk to Rach about their schedule, I'm always like so let's have a real conversation. Like how many more gravel events are you doing? Like when, when are like, you know, when's this switch going to happen? I don't know if it ever will. They may do triathlon forever, but they're certainly doing a lot of gravel
1: too. And (laughs) yeah, Rachel's is a phenomenal cyclist too.
3: Yes. Um, Anyone who doesn't follow Rachel's Instagram account absolutely must go to Rachel McBee on Instagram because they live in BC and just, you can't not ride a gravel bike there. Like by the looks of their Instagram, it's just so beautiful. It would be a shame to miss out on the sites that they get to see on their gravel bike, honestly.
1: Yeah. Well, Rachel's deferred again for Unbound for next year, right? I I think think so, yeah. Oh sorry. Oh Joe, okay. you've got to go. You need to go be Rachel's support. Oh <laughs> there you go.
3: <laughs> no problem. I will ask them if they want me there <laughs> to ride alongside them as much as possible. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be fun though. <laughs> yeah. But,
1: yeah. Well, yeah. No, you could be the, at the A station support because you need like mm. a whole support group. The A station support is like super important. And mm. super fun. And super fun yeah
3: I mean I know we're joking about that but that actually doesn't seem like that
1: bad of an idea like no, you could you could take your diamond you could take the diamond back setup and then yeah okay and participate in the. Christy, in don't the listen expo. to this you didn't like pay all the sponsorship money that you have your diamond back set up at the aid stations
2: so well, gonna be, rock, rock. you can also be in the expo so mm, true. Yeah. yeah you could have the gravel demo bikes there for people to mm-hmm. check out.
3: I do like that yeah Rach be, be fun.
2: yeah rage could be under the tent they could be signing some autographs
3: yeah yeah i mean it's i like i it's so it's so great that rage is such an incredible athlete because they their schedule has moved around so many times they were also supposed to do trans rockies but like because yeah. things kept getting shifted and moved around and now because kona's canceled they're doing iron man chattanooga and um might be doing big sugar so like
2: oh i didn't know that
3: yeah that that's it's in it's in the list so fingers crossed everything you know works out scheduling wise but like you know thank goodness no one minds being flexible because they're just like in a constant state of training
1: (laughs) yeah yeah well so Rach, you and Rach work together, you being Diamondback, and you work on this project quite a bit on a scholarship program, and we want everybody to know about it. Um, so tell us a little bit about that and how it came about and what it is.
3: Yeah, I'm so excited about it. So um, a couple of years ago when Rach was um, really starting to get more involved in gravel, and you know, I think even a few years ago, gravel was getting like a little less attention in general than most other sports. So they were racing some gravel races up in BC, and I think a little bit in the US, and they came to me and said, like, and and like, you know, coming in second overall, or first overall, like, you know, regardless of gender, was like winning, and came to me and said, you know, this is great, you know, I love performing well, but, you know, I really have noticed that there aren't a lot of women that are at these gravel events, and, you know, I just like think it's a miss you know it's such an awesome experience to be at a gravel event and there's so much opportunity there and to be honest it was something i had kind of been thinking about as far as like how can we lower the barrier of entry to the bike community in general and so when rach said this specifically about gravel racing and how they weren't seeing a lot of women it was like mostly men that were there To me, it was like the light bulb went off and I was like, actually, you know, I've been thinking about this exact thing. And so Rach and I kind of just worked a little bit together on this idea. And so last year was the first year we had it. And um, it was basically a program where anyone who identified as female or trans or non-binary could apply or people could nominate them. And the prize, you know, we selected one winner and the prize was they got um, our top carbon bike, which is the Hanjo 8C. And um, some of Rach's other sponsors contributed to a package. So Noon gave, you know, some hydration product and Wadi Inc gave some, a kit and like cycling gave shoes. And so we really just wanted to make this nice, neat little package for somebody to, who really wanted to get involved in gravel racing and you know, really kind of just felt passionate about the community, but maybe didn't have the means or the ways to get involved. And last year, we got, I think, over 300 entries, um, which was amazing for, you know, the first year of this even existing. And the winner that we selected, um, it was, I mean, it was incredibly hard to pick a winner. And um, the person that we selected is in the Naval Academy. And was on the tri team and their entire team nominated them. You know, we got like 40 nominations for this one person. So you, wow. obviously, you couldn't ignore that. And that was kind of the point, you know, we wanted someone who had an influence in their community and who the community really rallied around and said this person deserves this. So we were, we were so excited for that. And so this year, um, we're opening the scholarship again, and this year we have a name on it. It didn't have a name last year. It was it was an infant, and so this year we're calling it the Eat My Dust Gravel Scholarship.
1: I love um, it. <laughs> I
3: love the you know that we we picked that name. Rach and I both kind of agreed that would be something fun, and um, this year I'm I'm so psyched because our prize package has ballooned. Um, It's, you know, so the person's still gonna get a Honjo 8C gravel bike. Noon is giving a hydration package. Um, Wahoo is going to give a kicker core. Zwift is gonna give a one-year membership. Um, Smith is gonna give a pair of sunglasses and a helmet. Zelios is giving a package. Um, Win Republic is giving a kit. And then we might be giving away an entry to a race, but that's still TBD, so stay tuned. And um, so that's like all this huge, huge prize package. So that way, like we're still selecting one winner this year and, you know, man, like if you want to train for a gravel event, I'm just so grateful that all of these sponsors that Rach has relationships with, were willing to give these prizes to like really make somebody feel welcome and special and included. And so um, the nominations are going to open mid-October. And so, you know, I'm hoping we get tons and tons and tons of amazing entries. I'm sure we will. And, you know, it's just a little something that we're trying to do to make people feel welcomed into the gravel space. And it will still be for people who identify as female, trans, non-binary. So everyone's welcome to either apply or nominate someone that you know um, who would be deserving of it. And so we're just, we're really excited to make it even bigger this year. I think it's gonna be huge.
1: I think that sounds awesome.
3: Yeah.
1: I know. What are, what are some of the things that you look for? Like when you say somebody that's deserving, like, mm-hmm. cause I know it's <laughs> like, that's very broad. So,
3: yeah. And, and it is so hard because I mean, last year, even of the 300 nominations we got, I mean, a hundred were still amazing. Um, but you know, I, it's hard, you know, I, I, I wish we could give away like 50 of these prize packages and maybe one day we can, you know, start to make it bigger and give more. But what Rach and I and a few other people on the team who reviewed nominations were looking for, it really was somebody who seemed passionate about it. You know, someone who really, um, they didn't have to already be a cyclist, but, you know, someone who had expressed interest in getting involved in this community. And they it doesn't have to be somebody who wants to be, A pro athlete. You know, it doesn't have to be someone who's aiming for a podium. It's just someone who wants to start that cross line, or, you know, even if they don't want to race, that's okay too. Someone who just really wants to be a part of the gravel bike community and get out there. And part of what helped us narrow it down really was looking at more so kind of what the nominators were saying about the person you know, the person we ended up selecting, her name's Hannah, she, um like, clearly had a really positive influence on the community to have all these people nominate her, and, you know, obviously she was really special to them, and so that's a lot of what we look for, and, and to be honest, you know, Diamondback, you know, does a lot of, like, community support programs, you know, we do, like, a dig day sponsorship for trail builders, and we're always, looking for like, what's the impact on the broader community? You know, yes, we're selecting one winner, but that winner could have a domino effect on 20, 50, hundred other people, as far as, you know, making this a positive experience and make people feel welcome. And hopefully people seeing others that are like them that are out there doing it.
1: It's going to be a hard time picking.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, I think that's the, you know, the, the biggest thing is, like being able, like having that representation, if you can see it, you know, you can be it. You know you're welcome. And, yeah, it's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. and there's in the age of social media, sometimes I think we get so caught up on people's online presence. And probably coming from team and training because I got involved with cycling through team and training is there's so much to be said for like showing up in your local community. and the things that you do and the people that you impact by being there, like, week to week or leading those group rides or just having coffee with somebody that's interested.
3: Yeah. I mean, you would, you might not believe how many times I get asked, how many social media followers do I need to win a prize or be a sponsored athlete or, um, you know, even people asking me like, oh, well, like how, what's the social media following of your existing athlete team? Cause we actually have a very small athlete team. And people look at me like I'm crazy when I say, you know, I don't really care how many social media followers they have. It's the impact on the community that each of my, you know, five athletes have. And to me, that's way more important than like how many Instagram followers they have or how many likes they get on a post. You know, they're all really positive impacts in their community. And that's, that certainly has a broader domino effect and I, I think it's like, as an industry, what we need more of.
2: That's oh, really good to hear you say that, for sure.
1: Well, okay, so this will probably come out a few weeks before the scholarship opens, but how will people find it and apply?
3: So people can go on, when when it's open, it'll be up on the homepage of diamondback.com. And everyone can follow us on social or Instagram as Bike. And, um, we'll be posting it many times, you know, our, our nomination window will be open for a few weeks. So people will have time, but definitely follow us on Instagram and you'll be able to, to find it there and it'll be on our homepage.
1: Yeah. And we'll send it out on our gravel Friday five newsletter. So if you get that, oh, awesome! you will get a notification that it's open as well. You're going to send me a reminder about that, Jill. <laughs> yes. and,
3: and Rachel will be posting it too. So if you follow yeah. Rach on social media, they will. Posted as well.
1: Yeah. And Rach is really fun to follow because they're total badass.
3: <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I just like, sometimes I just look at some of the stuff Rach is doing on a daily basis. I'm like, wow, that's, that's the greatest day ever. <laughs> Every day. <Yeah.
2: laughs> Plus their tattoos are amazing.
3: <laughs> oh my gosh. The, tattoos. And um, I know like sometimes Rach tags, whoever does their hair coloring, but Whatever hair salon it is in BC that is doing Rach McBride's hair, you are an artist.
1: Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. (laughs) And I think they do like a special hair for most of their races. Oh, yeah. Colors and and stuff. Yeah.
3: And like when it's really well planned out, like matching the kit. And um, so now what's funny is now that Diamondback doesn't make tri bikes anymore, you know, Rach kind of got like the last of the tri bikes that we have. Sometimes they make like a special wrap for the bike so it can match their kit and hair. Go
2: all um, <laughs> a whole new meaning to matchy matchy. <laughs> it makes you go
3: faster, right? If you're all matching, it makes you go faster. I think that's like a rule with cycling.
1: <laughs> it is. It's pretty much is. Yeah. <laughs> well, Joe, where can people follow you if they want to follow your adventures?
3: So, um, my account is private for a lot of reasons. Um, not that I don't want everyone to follow me and ask for free bikes. I uh <laughs> a private account. I love you all I really do. But um I I am the one though that's on Diamondback social media. So if anyone wants to ever like get a hold of me or ask me questions or anything, that's actually like really me on the back end of Diamondback's social. So you can always feel free to like DM or private message us or whatever. And that will be me on the other side.
1: So that's where they ask for pre-bikes.
3: I mean, people do that too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: gonna try that What happens. <laughs> I know we need a bike sponsor for Girls Can <laughs> <I> know, right? <laughs> well, you're all special well, you. friends. So you're allowed to ask. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Jill. We really had fun talking to you and hearing all about your, your adventures and this amazing scholarship opportunity. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Christy, do you know one thing that I'm really sick of? What is that? All the fricking trends in that are coming out in wellness, like this, uh, avoid that. I don't even yeah, know where to start.
2: Uh, yeah. I don't know where to start. I don't know who to trust.
1: Yeah. But we have a new sponsor that I'm pretty excited about. Have you, have you done your stuff? Yeah. I'm so stoked. Yeah. So inside tracker is our new sponsor and they're going to cut through all the noise and they're going to analyze our blood DNA, lifestyle and fitness trackers. And then we get personalized science backed trackable action plans for how we should eat age. We need that and perform better. I know I'm excited. It's The
2: cool thing about it is it's it's cheaper and it's way more convenient than the traditional blood tests. Um, They include biomarkers that are key to performance, so so information that we're not getting from traditional blood tests. Um, And I think my favorite part is that they're not just going to give us the data, but they're providing us with nutrition and lifestyle tips to help us take action and cut through the noise.
1: Yes. I love that. Cause I feel like whenever I go to the doctor and I get blood tests, I have no idea what to do with them. Right. Exactly. Yep. And I don't, they don't apply to like whatever I'm doing. Um, and the good news is because they are a sponsor of the podcast, all of you all get 25% off their entire store. You just go yes. to insidetracker.com slash girls gone gravel. Change is an
2: inside job. Start on the inside.